What is up, everybody? And welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. You're listening to episode 156, our Texas Tech and West Virginia homecoming weekend uh, for the Red Raiders preview. So uh, we are dropping multiple episodes a week, moving on from here. Uh, so make sure you are following us on Apple and on Spotify to catch our uh, game recaps and our game previews. We're dropping our recaps early on in the week and our previews right at the end of the week so you can catch us there. Make sure you're giving us those five-star ratings, five stars for the tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with a review. Also, follow our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. We have a YouTube channel where we're posting clips from each week's episodes. Uh, so go follow us there if you want to catch our discussion on quarterbacks from last week. That has been up. Uh, of course, a bunch of other videos and stuff like that. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or anything to add to the tailgate, you can email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. Uh, also, our tailgate crashers initiative. Uh, we haven't quite settled our plans for this week, but... Uh, we'll be out and about for the Texas Tech homecoming game against West Virginia this upcoming weekend. If you want us to come by your tailgate or want to get involved in any sort of way, like we said, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com or DM us on any of our social media accounts. Uh, so with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into our Texas Tech West Virginia preview. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, Dustin, the bye week is behind us, and Texas Tech's second half of the season is set to kick off this Saturday Ooh. as the West Virginia Mountaineers come to town they are coming off of a big win over the university of baylor last thursday for them uh to put them at a 500 record uh they come into lubbock dustin this is our longest active win streak in the big 12 way to go matt wells matt wells one thing matt wells did is he beat neil brown in west virginia three straight times uh so they come into lubbock having lost three straight uh, Dustin, how are you feeling about this homecoming matchup against the Mountaineers? Um, it's kind of weird. Honestly, I'd say like confidently nervous. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like you just said, West Virginia had a big upset win against Baylor on Thursday last week. So, you know, they're coming off a good 10 days rest. We're coming off a bye week. You know, I'm always big on bye weeks, especially at home. Like, yeah, you should, that's just double, double your money, you know, there to, you should win this game. And we're favored by like seven, but right now, <clears throat> but you know, they, and their coaching staff at West Virginia kind of have nothing to lose. Their backs are against the wall. Neil Brown, I think kind of knows that. And so they're kind of trying to fight some games out. It seems like so confidently nervous, you know, technically you've lost three of your last four, even though it doesn't yeah. feel like that. You know, because you kind of have a big win squeezed in there with Texas, lost on the road a few times, um, but fought hard in all of them and competed really good and saw a lot of good things from a lot of good players. So confidently nervous is kind of where I'm sitting at right now. Yeah, I think that puts it 
perfectly because yeah. theoretically this is a game that you should win. Uh, you've looked like a better team than that's West why Virginia. I'm also yeah. <laughs> uh, while you're at the same record, you've played several of the best teams in the conference already. So you're looking at kind of your easier ha- half of the schedule. Uh, and this is what, it, like you've always said, you should come out of the bye week with the advantage. Unfortunately, West Virginia has semi sort of advantage with them playing Mini-bye. last Thursday night. So they still have a lot of time uh, to prep for us. But it is home where you've played significantly better uh, and you'll have the crowd behind you. So, uh, yeah, I- I'm confident about this game. Uh, this will tell me a lot about our team moving forward. If you're able to come in off the bye week look ready to go, have the offense humming early, the defense yeah. playing good, getting stops. Uh, this is a team that's put up points there at West Virginia, and we'll get into more of their offense a little bit later. But, I mean, you look at all of their games, and they, they've been scoring points. They just haven't been able to stop teams from scoring points. Yeah. And, like, what adjustments have you made over the bye week? Right. Especially offensively. Yeah. Defensively, I'm not as worried about adjustments. But, like, offensively – you know, we've kind of, that's where our, most of our complaints have come from so far. Um, even though our passing game is really good, which I'll explain in a little bit, but there's definitely some technical stuff we could, we could dial up a little better. Yeah. There's some areas that you want to see this team improve and, and just kind of for y'all listening, we've got a little segment coming up a little bit later where we'll get into six questions for the second half of the season, six games, six questions, and we'll kind of break some of this stuff down, but uh, the offense, yeah, it's been kind of a roller coaster of a season for them. You're putting up yards, but you're not putting yes. up points. Yes, uh, you're failing on third down attempts like that. But yes. uh, one of the big things, and that's been discussed quite a lot, we discussed it last week, is the quarterback situation. And and up to this point, <laughs> it's unclear as who is going to be your starting quarterback this Saturday. Uh, Tyler Shuck. At the time of Joey's presser on Monday was not cleared to play, uh, but said that he's throwing. So you're not sure if Tyler Shuck's going to be available to play. Baron Morton, he said, was taking the majority of the ones. But as he said, every press conference, which is like I am pretty much all positive on Joey McGuire. If there's one thing, if we're picking nits here, Dustin, it's the fact that every week he says you're going to see both quarterbacks play. Even though we know that means it's probably just one freaking play. And well, now he's back to all three might play. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm what sick of hearing. So sick of it. Like yeah, this is I, about as annoying as when that year that Dylan Cantrell was day to day from Cliff every game and didn't play the whole season. <laughs> like, yeah, this is how annoying it's getting. Because we haven't seen like any productive packages out of it, yeah. or like a one guy in, one guy out kind of deal. Like at this point, and we're halfway through the year, so why are we going to jack around with it now? Like at this point, put one guy in, call him the starter, have a backup ready for an injury, and there you go. Like I'm sick of this like two or three man package deal, unicorn, whatever you want to call it. Like I think it's stupid at this point. Yeah, I I don't like it. Um, a lot of people say you know if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. Like, I, I definitely think there's something about, hey, we're riding you with this guy two on, on the Saturday. Field, you're wasting yeah. a position. 
<laughs> uh, we're riding with this guy. You might see some packages that include the other guy, but but this is the starter and this is who you're going to see. I hate the whole dancing around the question saying that you're going to play both quarterbacks and we all know that it's just going to be like in a goal line or fourth down situation, Donovan's going to run out there. Yeah, that doesn't count. Run it. Yeah. So I, I hate that terminology. Um, I know everybody understands it kind of as we do, but it's still frustrating. We haven't picked a quarterback. Um and, and like we said, we're not we're not sure of where Shuck is. So Dustin, who do you think's getting the starting nod on Saturday? Yeah, I think Barron gets it, and I'm cool with that. Like we said last week in our kind of breakdown of who we like best, like if Donovan or not Donovan, if Shuck's not good to go now by Monday, and that's install in game week, like I think he's your number two, maybe even number three going into this week, just because of preparation. Um, and actually yeah. getting the physical reps on the practice field has nothing to do with the brain and in the, in the locker room and in the film room, that stuff. Cause he's been in all the meetings and all that. It's just actually going through the physical reps with the O-line and receivers yeah. to actually do the work. So I think it's Baron, um, send him out there and sure. Donovan gets a goal line quarterback draw twice this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You- and what I think about it, I don't mind it because we know what Donovan can do. Like you can yeah. run packages with them. I would just like to see, Hey, if we're actually we meeting about play. playing them, then maybe use it more than once a game. I don't really know, but I'm with you. I think, I think Barron gets to start this week. Yeah. Um, right now it seems like they're not sure on where Shuck's going to be. If he was cleared already, then I think that you might be leaning in that direction, yeah. but I don't think he's been cleared yet. So I think Barron's probably the guy and I hate to say it, but I think, you know, for Shuck's sake, I, I think he might have missed his opportunity Maybe. because if Barron goes out there and has a great game for you at West Virginia, I don't really know how you look back definitely and, and, and switch that, right? It's kind of like riding yeah. the momentum. It's Barron's um, job to lose Saturday. Right. And Barron's not a game manager type quarterback for you. Like, you've seen it in the NFL with Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. Like, Cooper <laughs> Rush is a game manager, but once Dak's back, uh, yeah. Dak's the guy. Uh, Barron's not that guy. He can definitely lead this offense. We saw it against Oklahoma State. So uh, I'm curious until we, you know, it might be an hour before kickoff before it's finally confirmed. Uh, that's just what we've heard. McGuire hasn't picked anybody out, but uh, that's what we expect. We expect Barron. But um, one of the things that we're kind of wanting is this offense to be a little bit more consistent, have a little bit of more success on third downs, push the ball more. Yeah. Uh, not have some slow starts, not have big parts of the game where they're kind of slow and stalling out. So Dustin, a big opportunity to start getting that offense in more of a rhythm here at home against West Virginia. Uh, So what do you expect to see from this offense against this West Virginia defense? And I know you've got some stats for us. So Yeah, I got down a little offensive rabbit hole stat-wise of what we've done this first half of the season and compared it up against the rest of the big 12. So some good numbers. Um, we're number two in the nation in passing right now, 365 yards a game. That's yeah. really, really damn good. Now we're also like not the best on running the ball, but we do it enough. Um, we're 16th in first downs. We get lots of those 171 a game. So that's awesome. Um, we are one of the best or the highest. I didn't find like a national chart here, but we're definitely the most in the Big 12 of plays run. 546 oh, wow. plays. So 
over six games, that's 91 plays per game. All right. I'll come back to that in a minute. Now, where we're doing terrible is we are 101st and third down conversions at 34%. Yeah. Yeah. Now we make it up a little bit with our fourth downs. You know, we're 14 of 25. 25 attempts is definitely the most in the country. (laughs) Yeah. And not shocked there. 56% is pretty decent at that, I think. So, yeah. um, So, you know, every time you're going into fourth down, you have a 50% chance of getting it. (laughs) Yeah. Take those odds. Um, So, I got into the Big 12, like, look at things because West Virginia is pretty close to us, honestly, on some stuff. But, like I said, we lead the Big 12 in plays, 91 per game. We are second in yards per game. But then we're seventh in points. And that's what, like, irritates me. Like, dang, so we got this good passing offense, and we're getting the ball. We're moving yards. We're getting first downs. But we're not getting the points. We're not scoring the ball. And, like, we are blowing people away in the plays per game category. Like, it's stupid. Now, yeah, I didn't know further into – all those teams that score better than us, how many less plays they run, and it's astronomical, honestly. You have um, to think that they're probably scoring on the big play because really, when sure. you think about it this season, you haven't really had any touchdowns right. on big plays. You, you've had to kind sure. of nickel and dime your way down the field. And that like when be... you think of that Texas game, right? 17-play yeah. dri- drive, 13-play drives. Like, I mean, Texas, <clears throat> they've had 83 less plays – um, in an extra game, two and a half points more than us. TCU, who has the most points per game so far, 126 less plays and 11 more points per game. Yeah. yeah. Oklahoma State, they're at 80 less with 10 more points. Kansas, 120 less plays with six more points. West Virginia right there who were playing 75 less plays and almost six more points per game. Like, those teams are – calling like 10 less plays or more a game and scoring an extra touchdown. Like it should be the other way around. Like you should be the one scoring an extra touchdown in there. And I think you're exactly right. It's maybe part of the Donovan Smith package that couldn't stretch the field and throw the deep ball and get the big play. We also haven't broken any runs either to make that happen. You know, like the, um, the deuce Vaughn type plays, you know, um, well, and I wonder, because I mean, if you're watching what's happening in the NFL and you're paying close attention to what's happening on the defensive side of the ball there, especially when you watch the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and what they were doing with Tyreek Hill, like all the teams went to, hey, we're not going to let you beat us with a big play. You yeah, have yeah. to dink and dunk and get your way down the field. I wonder, and I haven't been paying too close attention to how all the defenses are defending us, and maybe that's something I'll, when we're rewatching these games I might look into more. But it might be that these defenses are just giving your offense like, hey, you're going to have to get five five yards of play, 10 yards here. You're going to have to chunk play it all the way down on the field uh, to get these touchdowns. And, and so maybe that is like, you know, if that's what they're giving, then and Zach Hitley, I think he's doing a pretty good job figuring yeah. out ways to try to get down the field without – having the big plays that he was probably able to have more often at Western Kentucky. Cause maybe yeah. the defensive coordinators are, are like, Hey, we're, we're let's figure out how you can get creative and get by our defense without those. Yeah. And kind of two things there, like one, like maybe it's Donovan Smith thing and maybe Baron slash Shuck help open that up, that, that take the True. top yeah. off kind of play. Um, 
and two, and I didn't think about this till just now, maybe I need to look at like the Ken Palm of football stuff, but maybe our red zone numbers are not great because obviously that tells you you're moving the ball, getting yards, getting first downs. So you're getting inside that 20 to 30 yard range. Um, obviously we're pretty terrible there. So like that just really bugged me as I started to look into it more that we average, I mean, about 15, sometimes more plays in that per game against more than all these other teams. And it's like vastly more. I mean, yeah. Kansas is at 60 plays and Texas is at 66 and we're up at 91 plays and they're scoring more. Well, think of it this way. Like you gave that fourth down set, what are we 14 of 25? So, right. you know, a, a handful of those are on the other side of the field, but, you know, some of those are in your own territory where maybe you could have kicked That's a fine. field goal here or, or, Hey, you're also missing field goals. I think you've missed four field goals in the last few games. So, um, you're getting downfield, uh, and then you're not capitalizing on a fourth down where you need to, or you're missing a field goal where you need to, and you're taking yep. points off the board. Uh, there was that, you know, Kansas State drive that we talked about where you got inside the red zone and then you get sacked and you find yourself knocked out of the red zone yeah. and then you're having to, you know, try to make a tough kick. So, yeah, there's definitely got to be something to do with those red zone numbers. Yeah, I think I'd like to see so our offense, kind of bring it back to your question, bring, see our offense be more point points efficient with our plays. Yeah. Like, I don't want us to have to run 90 plays to only score 33 or 34 points. That should get us up right. in the 40s by that point, you know. So I want to see us to be more efficient with how we score the ball, I guess. Um, not just play keep away and dink and dunk kind of ball. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you've got to capitalize on these long drives. And and for me, it's the third downs, man. It, it, like, I want to see that number go up here. I want to see that. Yeah. You've got to be better. We, I hmm. think we're, what, 36%? 34 uh, we were 30. 34%. We were 36% uh, against Oklahoma State. So you've got to figure out how to convert on some of these third downs. And a lot of them are those killer where it's a third and one, third and two, and you're yes. unable to get two yards. So uh, that's kind of what I'm watching for this offense this week. Have we improved our third down play calling? Um, does Barron give us a, a better chance of converting on some of those? Uh, how does the playbook open up a little bit on some of those calls? So that's kind of what I'm watching. Uh, from our offense this Saturday. Let's flip it to the other side of the ball. The West Virginia has been scoring points. So you watch, look at all their games there. They're putting up points. JT Daniels, the uh, transfer who went over there, uh, he, you know, been a, a big part of their offense, their offensive coordinator. We're all familiar with him, Graham Harrell. He's been leading them. So they've been putting up numbers. JT Daniels so far in the season has almost 1,500 yards passing. Uh, nine touchdowns. He's thrown three interceptions on the season. Uh, their running back, Tony Mathis Jr., has 459 yards on the ground, five touchdowns. And there are two big receivers. Bryce Ford Wheaton has 463 yards, four TDs. And Caden Prather has 369 yards in three TDs. So, Dustin, what do you think about this West Virginia offense and, and what kind of Graham Harrell has brought to it? Yeah, they're going to – they're going to want to run the ball for on you for sure. They, yeah. like you said, they average about 39 points a game, which is 20th in the country. Um, but they're way more even than you are. That's for sure. 191 rushing yards a game. That's massive. That's 35th in the country. That's crazy. Um, and only 271 passing. So 
Another team you got to defend a lot of the run against. Yeah. Um, similar to Kansas State, a little more Texas-like, though. Um, a guy you did forget about to mention there is tight end slash running back, <laughs> CJ yeah, so Donaldson. Um, he's kind <laughs> of like a Taysom Hill type Saints player. Uh, not the Taysom Hill BYU quarterback type player. Um, he's listed a tight end, but I, that must be just for college fantasy purposes. <laughs> because yeah, he's like, like a running back player. type guy, but he's got almost 400 yards and six rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're leading rushers, both, you know, lead both of your leading rushers. The, the benefit here that you're not getting with West Virginia that you faced the last few weeks is, is JT Daniels doesn't run the ball. He, he doesn't run the ball. He is not a dual threat quarterback. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's one of the saving graces about this offense. But yep. yeah, uh, you know, Graham's obviously from that Mike Leach tree, uh, you know, played offense for him, but has taken those things. And I think he's done a good job of knowing where his talent is on this team and taking advantage of that and kind of making his own offense. So, uh, you know, it will be kind of fun to see Graham back. Hopefully uh, we send him packing with a loss, but uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll see some similar play formations and play calling that, you know, we used to see in the Jones all the time. Um, but definitely looking for this defense to kind of keep doing what they have been doing. You know, they've kept us in every game. Uh, I think they, they could limit some of the big plays. I think that's where they've been the most susceptible this year is giving up those big touchdowns. Um, making these teams have to work for it. I think they did a really good job in that Oklahoma State game of of really when Oklahoma State kind of got in the red zone, they made it hard for them, yeah. forced a couple of field goals. So there, there are a lot of that BIM don't break that we've mentioned many, many times here. So I think you're going to have to see more of that. For, but for me, it's the improvement on turnovers. Uh, we have one of the worst turnover ratios in college football as our offense has turned the ball over quite a bit. And our defense just hasn't been able to uh, turn the ball over enough. So for me, this would be a great opportunity to have your first take three game of the season. So that's, that's quite a, what I'm kind of looking for from this defense is can we figure out how to force more turnovers, get more possessions for your offense so we can run even more plays on offense, Dustin? What about what about you? Yeah, more plays on offense. Woo! Um, yeah, limit the big plays, obviously the thing always with our defense, but yeah, how do you control and contain these two running backs that are good, Donaldson and Mathis? I haven't watched any West Virginia games. So I don't know like how creative they get with this Donaldson character. So I don't know if they're doing some crazy motions or fullback and sweeping them out. I don't know, but obviously 400 yards and six touchdowns is a lot of points and yards. So I think it's controlling that running game. Um, Obviously, they got some good wide receivers, but nothing you you haven't faced this year, I don't think. So I'm not scared of them with our, with our DBs. So I think it's all about controlling the running game um, up front. I agree. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it. Let's get into our predictions for Texas Tech, West Virginia. As always, Dustin. We'll let you begin with your offensive prediction for Texas Tech, West Virginia. What do you got? I'm going to go with big catch Trey Cleveland with right. over 100 yards and a touchdown. Okay, I like, I like, I like his momentum the last couple games he's had some big catches. Yeah. 
And so I'm going to keep riding that wave. Uh, maybe he's Barron's guy. If Barron gets the start. So I'm going with Cleveland, 100 yards, and at least a touchdown. Yeah, if you paid attention, he's been capitalizing on the moments, and he's just gotten yeah. more and more reps. Like, I think he had nine, eight or nine receptions in the Oklahoma State game. So uh, his just consistency is starting to uh, pay off for him. My offensive prediction, I'm going to go. Sir Roderick has his first 100-yard rushing game of the season against Whoa. the Mountaineers. I think he tops the 100-yard mark this game, and I'll go ahead and say he gets in the end zone as well. Oh, yeah. uh, I think you've seen – uh, some really big performances from him lately, uh, which has helped stabilize this offense and help create a little bit more uh, with his physicality and that spin move. <laughs> and so I think he has a big day on Saturday, gets over the century mark uh, for the first time this season. Uh, let's flip it to the other side of the ball. Dustin, what do you got for your defensive prediction this week? Side note, I did find some red zone numbers. I'll give them to you after you go. we go on this defensive stuff. Defensive prediction. I'm going to go Sean Merriweather with 10-plus tackles again. Give me double-digit Krishan. I like that. Defense, we've talked about it. Turnovers, I'm going to say this is our take three game. I think we're going to force three turnovers for the first time this season on Saturday helping create more opportunities for your offense. And I think it's going to be a good offensive day. So defense gets three turnovers. That's my prediction. And final prediction of the game, Dustin, your score prediction for Texas Tech, West Virginia. Yep. I got us winning this game, covering the seven, 38 to 28. All right. Winning by 10. I've got us having a pretty good offensive day. I think Baron Morton uh, adds a new dimension to this offense. Uh, like we've talked about, maybe be able to take the top off the defense a little bit more. I think we coast, I think 48-31, Texas Tech gets a convincing win over West Virginia to make it four straight over the Mountaineers. Um, any other, or you said you had some red zone numbers yeah. for us, Dustin. So, uh, what did you find? So we are 66th in the country in red zone percentage, as you could say. Okay. We have been in the red zone 24 times, 16 touchdowns and four field goals. Um, that's an 83% kind of hit rate. Um, so it's okay, but not great. I mean, yeah, 16 touchdowns out of 24. And you got four other half attempts there. Not bad, but could be better. I think where we're struggling is at like 35 to 20 range on the field, like that field goal range area. Yeah. No, yeah. That's exactly where I'm thinking is like, it feels like once you get inside the 10, you're mostly able to capitalize. But right around that range where it's still a difficult field goal, yeah. that's kind of where you struggle because you yeah. don't know to trust your field goal kicker there. And so you go for it on fourth and you might not convert or you right. give it to your kicker and he misses. So, um, but yeah, that's definitely somewhere where with the way this offense moves the ball, like those are places you've got to be better. And yep. so I, I, that's one area that you can hope to see some significant improvement the second half of the season, which is a great transition into our club red conversation yeah. this yeah. week. We thought, you know, six games left, so let's ask six questions 
uh, about the second half of the season. So we've got six questions for us. We're each going to give you an answer, and then we'll post these on our Twitter poll uh, for Twitter poll questions so you can um, let us know or if you got anything you want to add on to this. So we'll start off with question number one here. Six games left to go, six questions. Questions number one. What area do you want to see Texas Tech improve on the most from the first half of the season to the second half of the season? Dustin. Yeah, I'll just piggyback on my offensive stats of plays and points. I want more points on all these plays. I like all the 90-point or 90-play games, but I need more than 34 points a game. So, like, we need to be up over 37 points, 38 points, closer to 40 points in the second half of the season, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and, and for mine, it'll be the third down conversions. Yeah, you you've got to be significantly better than thirty four percent on third downs. You've got to figure out a way. Like I know sometimes those certain longs, like all right, well you can throw those out sometimes. But there's been several situations where you've had third, third and shorts in in good field position, and you're just unable to convert on those. And those are backbreakers because then. Yeah. You're going to the fourth down, and sure, our conversion rate on that's higher, but I would much rather get that third down uh, instead of having to put it all onto one play on that fourth down. So yeah. for me, it's the, it's the ability to convert on those fourth downs. Uh, second question. So far through this season, our top three wide receivers are within 25 yards of each other. So we're throwing the ball around. A lot of guys are getting opportunities to catch it, but your top three receivers – Number one, Jaron Bradley. Number two, Miles Price. Number three, Trey Cleveland. So, Dustin, the question, which wide receiver leads the team in yards at the end of this season? I know Miles Price was the guy everybody thought at the beginning of the season. Hasn't turned out to be so much. Uh, A little bit of injury problems. But So, who do you got? I'm sticking with my prediction here going big catch Trey Cleveland. I think he's getting hot. I think Barron likes him. And that's important yeah. <laughs> if your quarterback really likes you, important. trusts you. Um, so I'm going Trey Cleveland for the top receiver. I thought I was going to be the different one here, but yeah, I got Trey Cleveland too. Yeah. I'm very high on Trey Cleveland. I love his – he's a jump ball winner. When you throw that ball up to him, he goes and gets it. He's had 198 yards in his last two games. He's getting Ooh. more and more opportunities – um, I think you're going to just see him all over the field. I think he's earned those opportunities. I think he's earned more snaps on this offense. He's one of the retreat receivers that I trust the most right now. Um, and I'm really excited to see what he can do with a guy like Barron, maybe Shuck coming back, somebody who can – because he can really stretch the field. So I'm excited to see what he can do the second half of the season as it looks like he's really earned that wide receiver one, wide receiver two type spot out there. Now, something that's going to affect these numbers between all three of those guys is Loic Fungi's coming back from a yeah. shoulder injury that he's been not all the way off the field, but he's been very limited in games for the last couple of weeks because of that. Um, so he's going to be back um, coming this weekend. So how that affects these numbers could depend on Loic. Yeah, it could. But one of the things that they've always talked about is they're going to ride the hot hand. So yep. uh, like right now <laughs> he's as hot as anybody on the team. So I think you got to give him those reps. But yeah, uh, they said Fungi couldn't get his uh, hand, couldn't catch balls over his head with his shoulder. Like it That's was a, a problem, problem for a receiver. So, yeah, 
yeah, so uh, the, that problem seems to be in the past. So he'll be back, which is just another weapon to add uh, for your quarterback. All right, so the quarterback question, Dustin, we've had to kind of mold this one because it's oh, tough man. for a Texas Tech yeah. fan to just say one quarterback is going to start the last six <laughs> games of the season. We can't keep a quarterback healthy. It's a great frustration here. Um, so, Dustin, the question is, which quarterback plays the most games down the stretch here in these last six games? Who do you got? I think it's Baron Morton. Yeah. And I would not have said that two days ago. But yeah. with the news that Shuck is not a practice participant, I think that knocks him down, puts Barron in the driver's seat for this game. And then for the rest of the season, um, he holds cards. So I think it's Baron Morton. Yeah. In our quarterback conversation last week, that's what I, I hinted on was let's watch and see what, what <laughs> they say with Shuck. And I tuned into the, Joey McGuire's press conference yesterday, and he said he was not cleared yet, which makes me believe that Barron's going to be your guy Saturday. And if he looks the part, wins you this game, I don't think it can turn back. So, yes, I agree with you there. I think Barron Morton's going to be the guy who starts the most games down the second half of this season, and you're going to get a glimpse into the bright future for the Texas Tech Red Raiders and this offense Maybe. with Barron Morton and Zach Kitley. So now let's get a little bit more into the opponents we're facing here down the stretch. Six games left. So Dustin, the question here, and this one will take a little bit more. So oh, yeah. uh, we ranked we ranked the teams that we feel like Texas Tech is most likely to get a win against. Six being the least likely to beat, and one being the most likely victory. So Dustin. Which way do you want to start? You want to start with the most likely? <laughs> I was going to ask you. Key? Yeah, let's start. Uh, I, have mine, I have mine least likely to most, but I can go backwards, obviously. Well, let's start with our most likely victory. Dustin, which one do you think is the most likely? West Virginia <laughs> this weekend. West Virginia. I have Kansas because it is still Kansas, and while I think their offense is good, them losing their best quarterback, and they can't stop anybody on that defense, and it's a home game. They so are my next one. They're my fault. So, and I, West Virginia is my next one. So we just basically flip there. So let's just skip West Virginia because we've talked enough about them and why we think that we're going to beat West Virginia. What is your third most likely to win out of these six games? My my like three four here are the same. I think I couldn't really pick like Iowa State Baylor are the same to me, like in okay. level of. I don't know what you want to call it. Scared to win likelihood of victory, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, Iowa state just can't get out of their own way. Baylor. I don't know what they are this year. Like kind of deal. Like lose a crushing in Oklahoma state and then blow it to West Virginia. Like, so I kind of don't know what you're going to get with either of those teams. So I got them right in the middle, kind of at the same page. Yeah. I got that. I went Baylor here. I think, I, this Baylor, I was kind of on before the season. I, I remember talking about how I think they were going to kind of fall back to earth yeah, this season. They have a much tougher road schedule. Yep. Um, and I think that's really true. Uh, coming up true so far. Uh, I think they, they have a significantly worse defense than they had last year, which was a yes. really dang good defense. Uh, their offense seems to be having some issues. So, uh, and this is a home game. So I feel pretty good about 
Baylor is going to be night game. Patrick did put Mahomes them four. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. So Baylor right there. Um, your next one, you had Iowa, Iowa State. State. I have I have Oklahoma here. Okay. I have Oklahoma. Uh, they are obviously Ooh. not the Oklahoma that we remember, the Oklahoma that we thought we were going to see this season. But for me, it's another home game. Uh, the only thing that, that scares me about this one is that it is at the end of the season, so maybe by that time, Oklahoma kind of figures some things out, maybe looks a little more like a f- competitive football team other than a team that's <laughs> maybe uh, letting Kansas hang that many points on them. But at the same time, I, I really don't think they're that good of a team. I think this should be a win at home. So that's what I went for with my fourth one, Oklahoma there. So your next one, two left. My third. Yeah. Oklahoma is my, Oklahoma is my two. Um, okay. I still think they got a lot of good players. That's why they're yeah. so high. Um, so where they're at in the season, I don't know, but just because of the talent on the roster, it's still really good. So I'm still going to put them really high. And I still think, I mean, they haven't, I mean, they played Kansas, I guess, but they haven't really played those other teams on the, on the schedule there. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to compare, but I still think with talent level, they're, they're up at number two. Yeah, there's one that you got to think about because, like, yeah, they got the talent. Maybe they figure out some things at the, you know, by the end of the season that yeah. make them a little bit better than what we're seeing now. So I, I think mine just kind of, I don't think we're going to be seeing the same Oklahoma team that we're seeing now. I have Iowa State there. Uh, and my main reason for that is road game. I just haven't seen us win on the road yet. So I feel more comfortable of us beating all the teams that we have at home more than I feel for us beating a team on the road just now, but I do think Iowa State's the easiest road game. Of course, you only have two, which gets to our most difficult opponent left on the schedule. TCU, baby. That's TCU. What are you feeling about the Horn Frogs, who are a completely different team now than we thought at the Very. beginning of the season? Max Duggan's actually playing Deese. We talked so much shit. <laughs> and he's playing yeah. good now. Um, yeah, Sonny Dykes has those guys rolling. That game's also on the road in Fort Worth, so... <clears throat> That just makes it harder to play on the road is just the fact of it. So they're the best team left in front of you right now. It's just to yeah. be honest. That's all it is. Yeah, they're the best team left in front of you. They have a running quarterback, which has been one of our huge weaknesses so far this season. And Max Dugan has already torched us many times in the past. Um, this is a road game. And while it's not as scary of a road game, because there's going to be plenty of Texas sure. Tech fans there, it still is a road game. Yeah. Um, and, and they're looking good. That was a weird, bizarre game versus Oklahoma state where yeah. I think we were texting in the middle, like, Oh my gosh, TCU is terrible. And then, and then all of a sudden they come back and win that game. Yeah. So, I was ready uh, like second quarter to send out the thanks for coming out TCU. And then they pulled within 10 and it's like, Oh, never mind. Good thing. I didn't send that. And then Oklahoma State forgot how to play football for like an entire half and overtime. Uh, and TCU wins that game. But, but yeah, so my rankings, I've got TCU as the most difficult, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Baylor, West Virginia, and Kansas as the easiest, Dustin, yours. Yeah. TCU, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Baylor, Kansas, West Virginia. So pretty similar there. Yeah, yeah, pretty similar. Just a couple changes. And so that leads to question number five. Dustin, Texas Tech record at the end of the season will be? Eight and four. 
I have that too. <laughs> I'm going hard all in on the second half. I feel good about it. Five and one second half. I'm probably going to pick us to win every game. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, like we've played the, the, the hardest schedule... teams or matchups that we think we have. Yes. Yes. We played all the hardest teams that you're going to face. All the other hard, most of the other hard ones are at home. And then you've got that TCU one, which Iowa yeah. State to me feels like a coin flip. Like, well, like we'll see. They oh. they don't look impressive to me. They have no. a good defense. Their offense doesn't scare you. So yeah. also Iowa State in November. So who knows what you're going to get weather wise? Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing. It's going to be cold on the road. Um, you know, we typically don't play very well there. So we'll see on that. But yeah, I've eight and four, and that leads to our last question, Dustin. Predict a tweet length summary of year one for head coach Joey McGuire. So basically this one is just like, what do you think that you'll be tweeting after that Texas tech Oklahoma game ends um, to summarize this first season? Kind of did. Yeah. Like one sentence is tweet length ish, but coach McGuire raised the level of competition of this program. You were never out of any game and fought back into and won a few come from behind games. Great coaching job by him and his staff. All right. I went the future looks even brighter after year one of the McGuire era comes to an end. Texas Tech's undefeated home record propels them to their most wins in the regular season since 2009. Let's go bowling. Oh. Hashtag wreck them. <laughs> Dang right. So, yeah, me and Dustin on the same page there, eight and four, a favorable home schedule here. If you take care of business, win your home games, eight wins, definitely possible. Seven wins feels like. like You got four home games here. I didn't really kind of realize that this whole like seventh home game throws me off. So, yeah, you got four home games and hell yeah, let's go. Yeah, and all of them are opponents that really I think you can can beat. Like you've seen these teams. Oklahoma is not Oklahoma. Um, Baylor struggling. West Virginia beatable. Kansas is is kind of falling back a little bit to earth after a yeah. you know, five and those starts. So I think that is all definitely manageable. Any little thing else you wanted to mention here? No, not on not on those. Um we kicked out a question, the defense taking three away, <clears throat> kind of over yeah. it. But I put one on there just for the heck of it. <laughs> I don't have yeah, much well, faith in it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you're listening in, we – like originally question number one was, will the Tech defense have a take three game? Kind of felt too simple of a question, so we ended up changing that to what do you want to see us improve on? But, yeah, that is definitely one of the things that we do want to see us improve on is uh, – Yeah, turnovers. Take threes. I thought of like a bonus question, like bowl game, like read a tweet from your drafts that you think is funny that you didn't actually send out. <laughs> All right. You know, like you're, I, I've got a big portfolio of Twitter drafts that I've uh, like I typed up sometimes mad and just like, you know what? I'm not going to send that one. Maybe we can I just like delete. I just delete and don't send and don't even save. I was like, maybe we should do a whole segment one time of my Twitter drafts. It might be kind of funny. <laughs> I know there's like five or six from that Houston game where I was like Oof. pissed that we're about to lose it. And then we convert on fourth and 20 and you're like, wait, yes. don't send, don't send. No, no, no. But all right. So that will wrap up our Texas Tech 
football discussion for the week, but Dustin, Texas Tech basketball is on the horizon. Oh, yeah. So we're going to hop over and do a quick little chat about the Texas Tech basketball team. Well, last week, the Big 12 preseason rankings and awards were announced as Texas. No Texas Tech players were announced for any awards, but Texas Tech did come in as the fifth ranked uh, team in the Big 12 preseason polls. Dustin, your thoughts on that? Yeah, preseason, just looking at the roster turnover and the rest of the rosters in the Big 12. I think they got this one right on our end, at least. Yeah, <clears throat> so. I think we're in there. I think I, I tweeted this out with Fardaz, AMAC. The more he can play, I think we're in that two to four range. I don't think we're a win the Big 12 type team that I know of, but I also don't know that we're not. You know, we yeah. maybe could put it all together. Who knows? But I think we're in that that two to four range with, with more production from him if he's healthy. Yeah, I think it's a fair ranking when you look at yes. the other teams that are ahead of you. Baylor, Kansas, obviously. You know, everybody's going to get mad about Texas, obviously, because of the coach of coach. Players, there, but they brought they brought back two of their their two best players from last year. They have a high recruiting class. They brought in that um, Iowa State kid. They brought in that Iowa State kid. So yeah, they're definitely going to be a formidable opponent. Um, TCU has I, player of the year right now. Yeah, Mike so Miles. I don't ever, I don't ever get mad about rankings because they don't matter they don't matter they don't matter at the end of the season nobody's played a single minute uh these rankings will will be wrong by the end of the season uh it's just your chance to go and prove some people wrong but yeah feels feels a right ranking to me yeah uh the other ranking the first ap poll of the season was dropped on monday and texas tech comes in ranked number 25th to start the season uh, Dustin, another uh, fair assessment there? Fair ranking, I believe. And look at the Big 12 entirely. You're going to have a hell of a Big 12 again because five yeah. of the 10 teams are ranked. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, not a shocker there, as no. uh, as always. And also on the Kim Palm. Kim Palm is loaded with Big better. 12 teams at the top. So it's just what you expect from this conference, and it's what you can continue to expect as we add teams and lose teams. It's just going to be a great basketball conference from here on out. Um, but, yeah, 25, it's nice to be ranked at the start of the season, but I definitely think it's, you know, a lot of new parts. It feels right. Like you, you've got to give it a little bit before you realize what this team is, and they have a really big opportunity uh, very early when they head to Maui, which is holy crap! Did you see that? Five of the eight teams are loaded. Ranked. <laughs> loaded Maui. You start with number nine, Creighton. Awesome, great. Woo! <laughs> it's it's oh, ridiculous. Um, but that, that I mean, that's a great opportunity to understand where your team is at. Um, and, and I'm excited. And that's a good opportunity, like we just said. Five of eight teams are ranked. Most of them have been deep in the tournament the last couple, two, yeah. three years. Um, Arkansas. Arkansas, us. I mean, Creighton's dabbled with here and there. Like, lots of good teams in depth and coaching. It's a good chance to show your team also early on, like, hey, this isn't who we are. Yeah. But this is who we got to play later, too. Like, yep. you know, this is what to expect come March. And even, yeah. like, January, February in the Big 12. Yeah. Like, 
this is what to expect, fellas. Like, because you're bringing in a lot of transfers, big school, small school, melding together. So it's a good opportunity to show these guys what's on the horizon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That That's for sure. And, like, it's unfortunate that Fardaz isn't going to be healthy for that. Uh, I, I, at least I don't think he will be. Um, no. But it's a great opportunity to see who your guys are, who you can trust, kind of like some of the guys who kind of struggle there, how they can learn, how they can prove from it. But that's as great of a Big 12 test as you're going to have. Like, yeah. I mean, we played in some, you know, early season tournaments, but none of them have brought to the table the amount of talent that this tournament is bringing. So I'm um, really excited. Session. Yeah, really excited for the Maui um, and and basketball season. And, and over the weekend, Tech did have a scrimmage with Tulsa. I, I never heard anything about the scrimmage other than a tweet that was sent out by Jeff Goodman saying that uh, Daniel Bacho was accordingly the best player during that scrimmage. So I just wanted to get a quick, th- uh, you know, little touch base on what, what did you think about that tweet, Dustin? I mean, I don't expect Tulsa to have a seven footer that can match up with Bacho. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the good thing about Bacho coming in last year and pr- producing so well. And part of us being hurt is you have a good fallback plan on Bacho. And I mean, yeah. you've seen a lot of good teams that make it deep in tournaments and have a very good skilled big man. So this is really upside heavy to see like, Oh, what do we have here? <laughs> yeah, uh, this is great. Uh, this is great news. And cause everybody's heard, you've heard a lot of great things about Daniel Bacho this off season. There's been a lot of good talk about him. The coaching staff saying that they think he's NBA. He's the NBA type player. Uh, he's a guy that's going to be on an NBA roster. And so the improvement and then to actually have him kind of in a game like scenario and everybody being like, oh, yeah, that, right. that was the best player on the court. That says a lot because he was supposed to be like probably the guy behind Fardoz. And so now you have two possible dudes that you can play there. Um, that's just awesome. And he's going to have his op- opportunity here early as Fardoz is hurt to yeah. to really prove that he belongs um and and shouldn't play second fiddle to somebody so uh that was one of the things that we talked about after the farda in, injury was this opportunity for bacho and and how we were comfortable with that so yep. really cool from him uh to see that tweet got that bacho hive going uh, but we are 20 days away from the basketball season tipping off so we are excited for that as the season approaches we'll be sure to throw on little tidbits here and there that of news that breaks and then we'll do a whole uh season preview before it tips off before uh mark adams year two gets underway but let's head on over we've got some shot bets to make Well, Texas Tech was off last week, so we went to the best game in the Big 12 for a shot bet, and it was the Oklahoma State Cowboys against the TCU Horned Frogs. TCU was a three-and-a-half-point favorite when we made our shot bet, and they won by three, so me and Dustin win that shot bet. Thankfully, shout-out to those Oklahoma State Cowboys, but we also bet on the Dallas Cowboys. Damn it. Uh, they were minus – or they were five-point favorites. Uh, the Eagles ended up winning by more than that, so uh, we lost that part of the Cowboys bet. So we go one-on-one last week. Not terrible. 
Uh, looked like for a second we were going to end up losing that Oklahoma State one as it went to overtime, and they had to come up with a big fourth down conversion. But luckily, uh, we split. So this week, Texas Tech back in action. So Texas Tech, our first shot bet of this weekend against the West Virginia Mountaineers. Your hold, you heard our whole breakdown earlier. Texas Tech currently a seven-point favorite. Dustin, uh, you had us winning by more than seven. Are you Yo. sticking with that for the shot oh, bet? Oh, yeah. Give, him, give me all those points against the points. I'm still taking it. Yeah, so I had us winning by quite a bit as well. So I also am going to go with Texas Tech as a seven-point favorite. Think that you, if you want to be the team that goes eight and four the season, you got to win that game by more than a touchdown. Uh, the other game we'll be doing in the NFL, it's kind of a rough week in the NFL this week. Not a lot of great games. Uh, so we'll go with a Super Bowl rematch, the Kansas City Chiefs. Against the San Francisco 49ers. Chiefs a three-point favorite. Dustin, which way are you going? I like the Chiefs here. I think they're looking, even after their loss against the Bills, looking better than the 49ers are overall. Um, so give me the Chiefs, even though they're three-point favorites. Yeah, I think the 49ers have taken a lot of hits on that defense. Yeah. And uh, uh, the Chiefs, uh, despite losing to the Bills, the, the Bills are obviously one of the best teams in the NFL so that's nothing to hang your head over no um so yeah I got the Chiefs winning uh this one as well by more than three so I'm gonna side with you on that one um but that will wrap up our shot bets before we get out of here Dustin what's your final shot for this week my final shot is all the sports because all of the sports now all the sports are on you can watch whatever you want all the time pretty much the NBA Started on Tuesday night. The NHL started like a week or two ago. I yep. know no one probably knows, but they started. <laughs> I wasn't uh, sure if it was preseason or regular season. Oh, they're 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 skating and rolling, man. Uh, you got obviously all the football going on, mm-hmm. getting deep into real big time games and playoff baseball. So yeah, you can watch everything all the time, every night of the week. I'm sure there's something on. So enjoy all the sports for like the next month or so yeah somebody's throwing a ball somewhere every single night uh, moving forward uh which is awesome but yeah that it's a great time of year it's one of the best times to be a sports fan as there's just a lot going on my final shot this week is one of the major sports getting going yeah nba is back tonight as of this recording LeBron, year 20, and the Lakers are set to tip off tonight. And you know who leads that Laker team this year, Dustin? Darvin Ham, Red Raider legend, gets his first shot at an NBA win as a head coach of a team. So excited for Darvin and this step in his career to get started tonight. Unfortunately, it has to be against their reigning champs, the Golden State Warriors. Of course. Um, but interested to see, like, like I mean, when you talk about most interesting teams in the NBA, the Lakers usually are up there, but it's definitely interesting with the uh, the players that they have on that roster, that being uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and then uh, everybody's favorite person to kind of shit on, Russell Westbrook. Um, so I, I'm very curious to see what Darvin does this year. I'm excited for him. It's a, obviously a really cool opportunity to coach for the Lakers. So excited to see what he can do. Um, hopefully he can figure it out and, and win some games and get the Lakers to the playoffs. Uh, any other 
things you wanted to add on about the NBA. We had an interesting conversation before we started recording of predicting when LeBron passes uh, and, and claims the scoring title. Dustin, did you want to make a, a a date prediction on that? Yeah, let me pull that back up. I'm going with that like second week of March that we kind of pinned down. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a stretch yeah, of five cool. home games. It's going to be around that like time where he's going to be hitting his like, what do you, what'd you call it? Like 55 game ish to get. Yeah. To so all, all he needs to do is average about 26 points a game and play 50 games. So if you kind of pay attention to what LeBron's been doing this last few years, he's been getting hurt a little bit more as he gets a little bit older um, and so that 50 game mark is kind of towards the end. The 50th game of the Lakers season is right around towards the end of January. Uh, but if you take into account that LeBron might be sitting out games, yeah. might take an injury here or there. So planning on that. So my prediction was Saturday, February or no Sunday, March 5th at home versus the Golden State Warriors. LeBron's a showman. That looks like a oh. great opportunity against the rating champs feels like it's kind of written okay. around there. Uh, That's the one I wanted, but since you took it, I'll I'll jump you and go Thursday, February 23rd against the Golden State Warriors. At home. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. If it, <laughs> uh, that'd be funny if uh, it comes down to the February 23rd and he breaks it there or, or Sunday, March 5th. So those are our predictions on uh, LeBron James claiming the scoring title uh, in NBA history. So fun stuff to watch. All the sports are going. We're going to enjoy it all here. But as always, you got to make sure you are following us on Apple and on Spotify to catch everything that we're doing here at Tailgate Talks. We're dropping recap episodes of each Texas Tech game and preview episodes each week. So follow us, rate us, give us those five stars, five stars for the Tailgate. And as always, if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with those reviews. Follow our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at Telgate underscore talks. Follow our Facebook, follow our Instagram, follow our YouTube channel where we're posting uh, clips from each week's show. Uh, that way you can subscribe to that. Catch those clips if you can't catch the entirety of each week's episode. Um, that will do it for us this week. If you see us out tailgating during West Virginia, say hi, share a beer with us, share a drink with us. We're always having a good time on game day. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate.